millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Listen Now, the podcast where we go through the most important rockin'est albums of all time. This season we're focusing on albums from the 1980s. I'm your host Matt Stewart and with me as always is my co-cousin, co-host Sam Tonkin. Welcome Sam. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. And this <laughs> week we're going to be talking about Bon Jovi's massive third album, 1986's Slippery When Wet, voted Ooh. as the ninth most popular 80s rock album by our listeners. Yes. <laughs> And I know you love John Bon. I he was my second John Bon Jovi, the singer of the band Bon Jovi, uh, was my second crush as a child. With the first being Zach from Hanson. Okay. And I, uh, you know, I moved on to a much older man. I yeah, loved him. Right. I was so in love with Bon Jovi all through high school as well. He was just a beautiful man. Yeah. He's hot. Yeah. Yeah. It's just sort of skin deep kind yeah. of. Thing. Oh, absolutely. No, no depth. Um, but one of my one of my obsession albums as a ten or eleven year old was Crossroads, which was like their best of up until like the early nineties or mid nineties or something. Oh yeah. So I knew a lot of the bigger hits because of that uh, that album. It's interesting they had a, a greatest hits sort of mid career there. Yeah, well I think they took a couple of hiatuses. Hiati is that right? Is that a plural? Um, and that was. I think after the first one, I didn't actually look up when that one was released, but I'm just going to speculate. 1994. Thank you. Uh, oh, yeah. I recognize that cover. That was a real big album, I think. Yeah, it was great. Um, oh, that's, that's interesting. So that had songs from 84 up until 92, it looks like. It looks like Keep the Faith. Oh, yeah, the one after this. Keep the Faith. Oh, it's interesting. It's also got Blaze of Glory, a solo John Bond. Mm-hmm. Huh. There you go. Fun fact. But that's not the album we're doing today. It isn't. What was your relationship with Bon Jovi? Bon Jovi, I mean, you know, just knew their big hits. I knew Living on a Prayer. Mm-hmm. knew Keep the Faith. Mm-hmm. And you always mm-hmm. want a dead or alive, mm-hmm. lay your hands on me, mm-hmm. you give love a bad name, mm-hmm. bed of roses, mm-hmm. blaze of glory, solo mm-hmm. song, <laughs> uh, bad medicine. Yep. Maybe that's all I know. I'm just going, going through the best of I reckon they're the only ones I've, I know by name. Was there any ones in there that you didn't know by name? Runaway. Oh, that was their first single. Yeah. I listened to that today to see if I knew it and I didn't know it. In and out of love. In and out of love. Uh, it starts like that. They just sing that a bunch of times. I'll be there for you. <gasps> yes, I'll be there for 
for oh, yeah. you. I think that, yeah. That's I'll nice. live and I'll die yeah. for you. Yeah. Oh, these are like my absolute top favorite karaoke songs to sing. Right. Belters. I see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you loved them. I, I think I, you know, I knew them, but I, would, I don't think I, apart from funnily enough, his song, I really like Blaze of Glory. And that was the his solo, his solo oh. hit. Um, and apparently uh, he was asked, his friend was one of the actors, maybe Emilio Estevez, who that was... is in fact true, yes. In the film Young Guns 2. Mm-hmm. And he asked if they could have... Um, uh, Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive, um, one of Dead or Alive, which is off this album. Mm-hmm. And he ended up writing a, a new song for it instead, which was Blaze of Glory. And they're both kind of... And it, it was interesting, it does feel like they're, they're partner songs. They're they both, do. So I they always got their country, that was... western, sort of old west vibe about yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was also in the film on Young Guns too, but he was uh, uncredited. uncredited. He got, I he, read he got, whatever you were reading today. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, on the same page. But, yeah, I, I also quite like Wanted Dead or Alive. So whatever that sort of spaghetti western mm. rock is or whatever it is, I obviously jives with me a little bit because a lot of the rest of it, it doesn't necessarily. Did you, say so, jive, did you say jives with you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dr. Heckle and, and Mr. Jives Mr. with jives. me. <laughs> which is a song we talked about last week. <laughs> so bad. Uh, so, yeah. Do you want to tell us a bit about the Bon Jovi story? I was reading a little bit about it today and mm. then I thought, oh, wait, wait, wait. Hey, don't read. Spoiler. Let wow. Sam... Tell it into your ears. Then you don't even have to read. Yeah, shut your like damn eyes. Like a nerd. A <laughs> nude. Uh, so they formed in uh, 1983 in New Jersey um, with John Bon Jovi, David Bryan, Tico Torres. Uh, Phil X is the current guitarist, but it used to be Richie Sambora. Uh, and Hugh McDonald on bass. But it didn't start that way. No, it didn't. Uh, this is the problem with me having read. Now uh, I know yeah. that some well, of the things no, you're you, saying Take it away, Matt. Take it away. You, no, you you do it. No, well, no, no, you do it. You do it. Hey, well, I'm just, he sort of, <laughs> he was uh, singing from a very young age. He was. From it, from what age, Matt? Uh, 12. 13. Wrong. <laughs> well, you know, time difference. Uh, so it actually, 12. So I was saying 12 Australian time, but yeah, 13 technically due to American time. But and then he, I, I was wondering if, because, you know, I, I thought they might have been inspired by Van Halen, uh, you know, and how they like named the similar, band. Oh. And, uh, but it does seem like Bon Jovi put the band together. So it makes more sense in this case that uh, it was named after him. But supposedly Van Halen got the name from a suggestion by David Lee Roth, or at least that's what David Lee Roth says. David Lee Roth would say that too. He would say that. He would. And then he, so he kind of put this band together and he heard Sam Bora playing. Someone suggested him and, um, yeah, and he heard lad. him in a few other, uh, playing for a few other bands and he brought him in. And now, yeah, I guess they they wrote the songs together for the most part. Yeah. Um, Richie Sambora had been called up to audition for Kiss at some stage, which is pretty cool. Just as a side note. Yeah, that he didn't get. Uh, the job for Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got called up to audition and they were like, no, nah, thanks for no thanks, actually. Um, so Runaway, the first single that they ever released, he recorded in his cousin's studio when he was a teenager, I think. Late teens, maybe. 
uh, and his cousin Tony Bon Jovi. That's a fun name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, had a studio and he recorded it in that uh, in Manhattan, I think. Um, and he made several demos, which uh, included one produced by Billy Squire, who, if you have seen the movie Billy Madison, you would know the song The Stroke. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen him play it live. Really? Yeah. That's cool. At a festival in New Orleans. How'd that go? It was great. He he did a different version of it with like a a big horn band. Cool brass band fun. horn band. <laughs> I knew exactly what you meant yeah. though. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was a, quite a different version. And he was talking about how around that time he he uh, there was a Eminem was sampling it. Oh uh, no! So that's a uh, yeah the big beat, uh, which is also sampled. Oh no, yeah, that's sorry. I'm jumping around now. Eminem uses the stroke yeah. in 2013, I think. Well, yeah, well, that's when I was over there. Yeah, so. that that was when the uh, Eminem was using it, and then the big beat. Which do you want to actually find the that little song there? It's, it is literally called the big beat, um, and that is one of the most uh, sampled drum breaks, and has been used by. Run DMC, Alicia Keys, Jay Z, and Dizzy Rascal. Oh yeah. The Dizzy Rascal. I've I got the big beat. Fix up, look sharp. Where do I? Is that where I know it from? Dizzy Rascal. Yeah. And it's literally, you know, sometimes they sample and it's like, um, I was gonna say mutated. That's not right. It's uh changed a little bit. Yeah. I think a little bit. I'm trying to find. But Dizzy Rascal pretty much is. Exactly that. That's sick. So yeah, so you know. I imagine I saw him play that song too. Probably. I decided I would have been like, oh, I'm sampling Dizzy Rascal. <laughs> classic, classic <laughs> Dizzy. Um, so the the song uh, Runaway was. What? Why were you talking about Billy Squ- uh, Billy Squires? One of the songs that Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi, uh, did on his demos when he was like just starting out. Oh, One was... of them was produced by that oh, guy, Billy Squire. Wow, cool. Yeah, there was a point to this diversion this right. time, for once. Um, so Runaway ended up uh, got picked up a bit in the New York area, and then. Uh, other sister stations in the major markets also picked up the song. By March 83, Bon Jovi had to call a few friends together to do a short tour to support the single, uh, Runaway. Uh, and so David Bryan, who was originally in the band, um, John Bon Jovi and David Bryan met when they were about 16 and had a little band together. Um, but he ended up quitting. Yeah. This is Runaway. I think this is like the the... It sounds like 80s teen movies. Montage is about to happen. Sports montage. Or maybe like a... Some sort of a soft drink ad. Definitely like someone training for a montage. It's pretty fun. Yeah, I like... Because I've known this from Crossroads, I can't really differentiate the different albums. Ah, oh, this like sounds so different to me. So I didn't mean to distract you. You were going to keep talking and we were going to play it underneath. But you just... I got excited. You, you looked into the middle distance. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but you were just quietly saying, John... John Bond, come to me. I love you. John I love bon you, John Bond. You're a beautiful man. 
Um, fact. Uh, so David Bryan, original like OOG member, uh, ended up quitting uh, in order to study medicine. But while he was in college, bad medicine. Bad. That's medicine. all he wanted. <gasps> I wonder if that's why. That anyway. Uh, while in college, realized that he actually did want to pursue music full-time and was accepted to Juilliard School, which is a very famous New York music school. And then John Bon Jovi called to say he was putting a, putting together a band for Runaway and that a record deal looked lackey, likely. So David Bryan quit college for music to go play music. And uh, that obviously worked out pretty well for him. So that was, uh, by 1984, Runaway managed to crack the top 40, uh, but they their recording for the first album was very stressful. Bon Jovi's talked about it, um, saying, we weren't a good band. We didn't become a good band until the third record, uh, but we had a drummer who could t- uh, keep time, which you should never keep for granted. Um, he was really stressed because he didn't know anything about uh, vocals and how you might record it the same track a few times and then the producer would piece it together. So he was stressed that that was happening. Like, oh, oh my God, I'm so bad that they have to put my vocals together for me. And the engineer was saying, don't fret, John. Even Freddie Mercury and the greats had to have a comp, had to comp a vocal. Uh, And then I didn't realize that there was a second album. I thought Slippery When Wet was the second album. So in 1985, they released 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, which was recorded in six weeks between January and March 85 in Pennsylvania. Um, and it was the second and final collab between Bon Jovi and the producer. They were using Lance Quinn. So it was very, um, runs alongside Cold Chisel, hated the first couple of albums, hated the producers they were working with. Um, the only song I knew off that second album was In and Out of Love. Uh, the drummer receives his single uh, writing credit for the entirety of their career. Is it, is it the same drummer the whole way through? Yeah, I think so, Um, which is cool. And uh, despite being a fan favourite, the album, actually both of the first albums until until recently, like in the last decade, they didn't play any of the songs from the first two albums live. Oh, right. Once the third album came out, what we're talking about today, they pretty much just pretended like the first two didn't exist because they're in such bad head spaces about it. Um, Like Bon Jovi said, I'll always overlook the second album, always have, always will. We had no time to make it. We didn't know who we were. We did whatever Lance Quinn, the producer, said. He was a brilliant guitarist. He'd made records with talking heads. So we listened. All of us were going through tough times on a personal level. The strain strain told on the music we produced. It wasn't a pleasant experience. Right. Uh, none of us want to live in that mental state ever again. So it was pretty, it sounds like a pretty negative. But yeah, it really reminded me of the Cold Chisel uh, story from the first album or so, first two albums. Um, and then 1986 comes along. Yeah, what then, changes? All of a sudden, they're loving life. New producer, man. That was all, Apparently, all it took. That's, yeah, so they had a um, new producer. They got huge world world spread, widespread success, global recognition with Slippery When Wet. Uh, it sold over 20 million copies, included three top 10 singles, two of which reached number one in the US. Um, and again, you hear there's a lot about a lot of album, a lot of the, a lot of artists' biggest songs. Bon Jovi was initially reluctant to include Living on a Prayer because he did not believe it was good enough. Yeah, right. Um, 
and Richie Sambora convinced him that it was a hit in the making. So they re-recorded it, uh, and it is now, I think, the biggest. It's their I signature think it is their song, their I signature guess. signature song, yeah. yeah. Uh, and all songs on the album were by bon- John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora, except for You Gave Love a Bad Name, uh, which was written with Desmond Child, who has also been known for such hits as Kiss, I Was Made for Loving You, Joan Jett, I Hate Myself for Loving You. Uh, he also did Living on a Prayer, Bad Medicine, Aerosmith's Dude Looks Like a Lady, Alice Cooper's Poison, Michael Bolton's How Can We Be Lovers, and Ricky Martin's The Cup of Life and Living La Vida Loca. Yeah, he's, so he's, he's a gun. He's done it. He's gun done a for couple. hire. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Um, and that leads us into the album. Well, let me give it a little review here from Andrew Leahy nice. <laughs> from All Music. <laughs> and Andrew writes, Slippery When Wet wasn't just a breakthrough album for Bon Jovi. It was a breakthrough for hair metal in general. You! Making the point where the genre officially entered the mainstream. Uh, released in 1986, it presented a streamlined combination of pop, hard rock, and metal that appealed to everyone, especially girls whom traditional heavy metal often ignored. Slippery When Wet was more indebted to pop than metal, though, and the band made no attempt to hide its commercial ambition. Even hiring an outside songwriter to co-write two of the album's bigger singles, the trick paid off as Slippery When Wet became the best-selling album of 1987, beating out contenders like Appetite for Destruction, The Joshua Tree, and Michael Jackson's Bad. Bloody hell. That's hectic. Uh, part of the album's success could be attributed to Desmond Child, the behind-the-scenes songwriter who went on to write hits for Aerosmith, Michael Bolton, and Ricky Martin, as you just said. With Child's help, Bon Jovi penned a pair of songs that would eventually define their career, Living on a Prayer and You Give Love a Bad Name. Two teenage anthems that mix Springsteen's blue-collar blue narratives with straightforward guitar-driven hooks. The band characters, uh, the band's characters may have been down on their luck. They worked dead-end jobs, pined for dangerous women, and occasionally rode steel horses. But Bon Jovi never presented a problem that couldn't be cured by a good chorus, every one of which seemed to celebrate a glass-half-full mentality. Elsewhere, the group turned to nostalgia using songs like Never Say Goodbye and Wild in the Streets to recreate or fabricate an untamed sex-filled youth that undoubtedly appealed to the band's teen audience. Bon Jovi wasn't nearly as hard-edged as Motley Crue or technically proficient as Van Halen, but the guys smartly played to their strengths, shunning the extremes for an accessible, middle-of-the-road approach that, would, uh, that wound up appealing to more fans than most of their peers. It's all right if you have a good time, John Bon Jovi sang on Slippery When Wet's first track, Let It Rock. And those words essentially served as a mantra for the entire hair metal genre, whose carefree, (laughs) party-heavy attitude became the soundtrack for the rest of the 80s. Nice. Yeah, right. That's that's a really good review. I was about to say, that's probably the review I've agreed with most. Yeah, it's really interesting because, I mean, it's, 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 it's called a review, but it's not massively a review of the album it's more just them a review of the band and <laughs> yeah. where they came in and the and the where hair metal was at the time and stuff but, it, but it was, yeah, i found that very interesting yeah that was a good one ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, all right, well, should we get into the album? Yeah, crack on. All right, well, uh, the first track, and I know, I think having talked a little bit before, I think uh, it sounds like you're going to love this album more than me, but I, there are a few <laughs> shining lights on it, but there's a few absolute shockers for me, but let's see how we go. If you give me uh, Uno Momento. Just, um, just Uno. Just the Uno, please. Remix. Draw four. So opening track is Let It Rock. And it's got a, it's a fair old intro, which I love. I, I love on a hair metal or a Theatrics. big rock You can imagine album. there's like the lights have just gone down yeah. at the concert and then this kind of kicks off and you're like, oh, it's about to start. It's totally built for that, right? It's built to open up a big... Arena they, rock sta- show. They like. I think someone refers to them as stadium rock or arena rock. Yeah, they totally. totally they're ma- made to be arena rock. Um, and yeah, I, I, I find this fun. This uh, this song is pretty bad, but I find this intro pretty well, fun. The song is shocking. It's like a love hate. Like it's terrible. It's fun, but it's just. I'm, so this, st- I'm still into it here. This, it's fine. <laughs> this, like, this kind of uh, whatever music, like the organ that they're yeah, playing. Yeah, it's all the churchy never, sort of stuff. Never pops up again. Yeah. Which is like, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Wow, wow, wow. Even this is all fine. I don't know. I think it's. It's the lyrics. It's the, the lyrics, lyrics, isn't really it? Cool. <laughs> it's, the, it's the lyrics are really. <laughs> Seven days too soon. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love lyrics that make you think. <laughs> the maths don't check out for me though. I mean, this is it. Do we need to play much more of it? I think we get the point. Oh, you got to get to the, the chorus. You can fast forward to the chorus. Feels like we're building to it now. Stop the fire, Matt. Burning out of control. Not the worst song on the album. No. I think it's fine. It's a fine, big, dumb rock song to open it with. Track two is one of their iconic ones. You give love a bad name. R- written by the uh, the sort of master songwriter Desmond. Uh, Desmond Child. Desmond, who's real name? Keep wanting to say Destiny's Child. Yeah, Desmond's real name is John Charles Barrett. Just for fun facts. I think the film clip to this is fantastic. I'm pretty sure it's just like a whole bunch of clips from like backstage and shit. Angel smile is what you said. You 
get that chug chug. You can't break free. I find it, I don't know what to say about these big songs. Like, again, they're just songs we've heard a million times. Yeah. Every late night suburban pub, you know, oh. high school and uni pub night. Absolutely. The cover bands would play this. Whack it on it, the But even more so, yeah. living on a prayer. <laughs> Which is it's, up next. That's super catchy. You can You can probably hear the finesse that Desmond Child gave it. Bad name. Over some of the other lyrics and stuff, maybe? I'm not sure. And, yeah. This one again, is, I mean... It's just it's a... It's just a song a, that's it's everywhere. A yeah, it's a... It's not its fault that I've heard it too much. And that's uh, Sambora on the vocoder or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, the vocoder. Is that vocoder? Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Have you seen what it actually looks like? Yeah, it's like a tube. That's like goes in up. his mouth? Yeah. Yeah. Foo Fighters used it on yeah. Generator. Is there any other? Let's do a vocoder mix. Um, I'm pretty sure Cher on Believe in Life After Love. <laughs> do you this is the band where they've got the, the keyboardist has got like the magic noodle hair. Yes, yes, yes it is. Uh, uh, what's his name too? You can sort of you hear what the reviewer said with the Bruce Springsteen. Yes, that where, that was the thing that like really got me like right into that review. I'm like, damn, he's got this. And they're, they're both exactly. New Jersey acts. Oh, he's Bruce New Jersey as well. Yeah. There you go. Just in terms of arena rock, sing-along, oh, anthem stuff, it's... David Bryan is the uh, the magic noodle hair. The two-minute noodle hair. Yeah, I can't... I can't hate this song. You can't. You just can't. It's a banger. Uh, the next one I can hate and do. Yeah. <laughs> Social disease. This is, I think this is the worst song on the album. Easily. And it's just this for a little bit. Oh, let me skip it. At the end of it, it's like, is that it? Oh, yeah, right there. I already, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> it's just—it's mainly the chorus lyrics, but everything about it is just—it's cheese to the max. Oh yeah. Love is a social disease. Yeah. Pop that love. <laughs> well, the next one though, I think I think the next one's 
I know it is also cheese turned up to the max, but I, for some reason I love... Like, they'll do real bad cheese and real good cheese. I can't tell you what makes the difference. Myself and your brother-in-law saying there's a karaoke once and we fucking smashed it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a, too narrow. No it's one. a sick, sick tune. <laughs> On a steel horsey rock. On a steel horsey rock. I mean, it's, it a, a, it's a, even, probably even worse than Love is a Bad Disease. On a steel horse I ride. I didn't know what that meant until I was into my 20s. Well, <laughs> it's actually a pretty adult uh, subject. <laughs> steel horse. But yeah, I, just, I don't know. I love this sort of twangy shit. and Yeah, it's good. I'm about it. I know what you mean. to go uh, I know. <laughs> zero to a hundred sure <laughs> anyway we can't play all of this the next one is one that i didn't know that i'm right into oh, yeah, i think this is this is fun i love that riff more chug chug it just feels it's just fun hair metal party music party yeah it is it's like party rock It's funny that I've called out some of these songs for cheese. Every single song on here is full cheese. Oh, absolutely. Grand Did you see how the the al- original al- album cover <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, was yeah. disallowed? Yes, the original album cover, where is it, was a, described as a busty woman yeah. uh, with a... A uh, wet yellow T-shirt with the album name on the front of the shirt. Um, it also had a pink border, bright pink border around it. Uh, and Bon Jovi said no of the pink border. And the uh, uh, it's the, funny because it tot- said no for the the busty woman. Oh right, it totally changes the vibe of the album. The, the, it looks it ridiculous, from doesn't it? Summery fluoro colors to you know like. Looks like middle of winter. Yeah, do you know concrete. what it is? The new one, or the the actual the one that got released. It's um a garbage bag that had been covered in water, and someone had just written with their finger, "slippery when wet." Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, there you go. So that's, uh, that's that's that one for you. What's up next? I've passed uh, the reins over to you. Next, <laughs> thank you. My computer died. <laughs> People don't need to know that. Oh, we just did it so perfectly and quietly. It was so smooth. And then no one even I, noticed. I bloody had to. Then I have to bloody get the cat out of the bag. Oh, wow, Matt. You're a professional. Uh, the monkey's come out of the Ooh. sleeve. So. Uh, next song on the album, though, is I'd Die For You. Oh, yeah. Which this sound, it this sounds like the same of Runaway. all it's of g- the starts. Of, yeah, it does. Oh, my gosh. It totally does. It's got that. It's a real 
The keyboardist has got his style, obviously. He knows what works for him. But this is back to that team wanna... sport montage sort of thing. Yeah, I want to find the video of it, but I'm on I'm on YouTube, so there's might be a without ad. love. Do you think Bon Jovi would have lived a second of his life without love? I doubt it. No. Man would have been surrounded by the stuff. All of it. All of the above. Me too, because I live for love, and I love love to live. We love to live. <laughs> Love is not a social disease for us, Matt. Not for me, no. No. That was a sad story to hear from John Bond. Must have been a character that he was playing, because oh, it's yeah. certainly it's certainly not John Bond. No. He wouldn't even be able to go method for that. He just wouldn't even. No. There's nowhere inside him he could he, access he that. Know. He just can't. Can't bring himself. Have oh, they referenced Romeo and Juliet? Because classic love story <laughs> of two children that met and killed themselves within three days. Beautiful story. Oh, wait, this is I'll Die For You. Yep. I'm talking about it like it's without love. Do we skip without love? Uh, potentially. <laughs> without love is the more of the slower ballady one. We'll find it, though. I'd die for you, I'd cry for you. I don't know how he came up with these lyrics, but... Lyrical genius. Um, all right, so we're going to skip one back. Ooh, the old switcheroo. Unprecedented. Um, and hopefully we're not going to cop an ad, please. So this is without love. And we're going to cop an ad. Oh, well, Sam, what is this? It's got a feeling of amateur hour over here. It I've, does, but it was only I five passed seconds. over the reins and I thought, <laughs> Sam's ready to step up. Was it a pass over or was it more of a panic throw? Take it! <laughs> <laughs> Also, can we just appreciate the uh, opening lyrics of this song? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> she wasn't young but still a child. Oh, uh, it gets me every time. It's so silly. It is pretty fun when people are going for poetry and sort of not quite <laughs> nailing it. I've always wanted to write a song, and I've always feared that that is the type of lyric that oh, I write, yeah. so I've never done it. Well, yeah. I'm scared someone's going to do a podcast about <laughs> me one day and be like, this dumb bitch. That's really Just hard. photograph with photograph. Yeah. Oh, she's squeezed another cliche in. <laughs> yeah, that would be me. Another, oh, it's another hack <laughs> rhyme. Hack artiste. All um, right, I've heard enough of this. Yeah, that was terrible. That, that song is a, that's uh, a filler. Which is... So, okay, because the next one is back to bangers. Oh, yeah. I think. Never say goodbye. Yes, okay, good. We're, we're on the right track now. Never say goodbye. Oh, and his hair is so big in this film clip. I love that you think this is a banger. This is I just another. It's, it's also a, an emotional banger at best. I feel like oh the gosh. difference for this is. Was this on that. Compilation album you had? Yes, it was. Like, yeah, I think that's hair. the only difference between huge. <laughs> this song and Without Love. That's the only difference. You've heard this a million times. Yeah, pretty much. This is also I... real bad. I'm not even going to argue with you. It's true. But it's also probably fine. Whatever. It's. I mean, he's living his best life, baby. But busting out, we break their hearts together. Forever. Never. 
say goodbye. Just feels like a it's just a hair metal ballad. Yep. That's just But maybe 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 they were one of the first to do it and they all sound like this later. I don't know, but I uh, yeah, I I don't know. Uh but I'm happy to move on to the final track, Wild in the Streets. It definitely sounds like the song that they'd play at like the happy conclusion of a John Hughes movie kind of thing, don't you reckon? Wild in the Streets, yeah. No, the one before. Oh, Never Say Goodbye. If it was a funeral, maybe. (laughs) A happy funeral ending of a John Hughes movie. This feels more like the happy end of a teen film. This is like... They're at the disco. They're at the prom. Good old disco. Disco prom. This film clip's fantastic. It's just more... I think all of their film clips, bar a very small handful, is just clips of concerts and, like, backstage shenanigans. Right. This is a fun song. This, this is a, this is quite um, Bruce-ish. Springsteen-y. Yeah? I think so. You know, with... Uh, more old, yeah. Bon Jovi kind of cheese on top. Oh, yeah. There's no cheese with the... With the boss. Uh, he does a little bit of cheese now and then. Wild in the streets. Was it just mandatory in like the 80s that all of the singers were like shirtless and ripped? Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah. Not like now when all the pop stars are, are uh, unfit. <laughs> I think it's just Diversity. that's been pop music ever since MTV, probably, or uh, more and more as time goes on. Fucking true, hey. Absel. All right. Does that conclude? It does. I mean, it's a, I, it, to me, it's, it's a bit up and down, but it's I, you can sort of see why it's so big, but it just feels pretty flimsy as an album, but. Uh, there are some great, there's some great classic tunes on there. Some good shit on there. There's a bit there's that a, I still a, love. I think there's a fair bit of filler. Maybe four out of ten just feel like genuine filler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not even gonna argue. Yeah, it's true. Social disease is one of the worst songs of all time. <laughs> it's so. But some of the other ones are like, like they're the perfect hair metal anthem tracks as well. They're, they they had actually a, they nailed had the a genre. Formula. Yeah. They had a formula and they fucking knew how to do it. So um, I think it's it definitely it fun, you know, when some of those songs come on and you're at a bar in the middle of the night. Oh, and you've had one or, I'm going, one or seven right, beers. Who wants... Who wants, uh, <laughs> yeah. we're doing shots. Yeah, oh my God, it totally is. You're like, yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> the night's just beginning. And then you're in bed in 45 minutes. What are those shots? It's so bad. Uh, wah. Wah. Um, do you want some fun facts? Yeah, I'd love some fun facts. So uh, J- John Bon Jovi's uh, real name is John Francis Bon Jovi, but it's one word and it's B-O-N-G-I-O-V-I. Yeah. Junior, it's a bit um, more. So it's yeah. I I was wondering about that because the the actual way he spells it looks more like a, a name. I had I've never seen another Bon Jovi spell like this, but Bon Jovi or bon Jovi. how it's sort of more Italian. 
Yeah. I'm guessing it's Italian. So. It is. Um, so his parents were both Marines. His dad is John Fran- John Francis Bon Jovi Sr. And uh, is of Sicilian and Slovak ancestry. Uh, his mum was also a Marine and turned Playboy Bunny turned florist. Carol Sharkey. Hey, we've all done those three. Classic. Classic. Classic career path. Absolute. Um, and she she was is, an actual Playboy bunny. Yeah, wow. Um, she is of German and Russian descent, um, and he's stated once before. John Bon Jovi has stated once before that he's a blood relative of Frank Sinatra. Although I couldn't confirm it any further than that. So right. I want to see the ancestry test, but that's fine. Um, and John Bon Jovi is also a credited actor and has been in a bunch of movies, but probably the biggest name movies have been Pay It Forward and New Year's Eve. Uh, and he was also in a few TV shows, including Sex and the City, 30 Rock, Las Vegas, West Wing. And he had an extended stint on Ally McBeal as a plumber who was Ally's boyfriend for a short period. Yeah, right. An extended, uh, <laughs> extended stint for a short period. Yep. I just I just don't know what to believe. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, so, uh, was it last episode? You were confident, sort of? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was sort of confident. You are very sort of confident, but I yeah, guess. Yeah, 100% pretty much. <laughs> pretty Mostly, probably. That's that's some fun facts. Yeah. Uh, what do you what do you ratey this album? Uh, I oh, I reckon I ratey it. I would say maybe like uh, it's out of eighty. I mean, it's pretty good, right? Yeah. Like it's maybe. I like, a, I like to think so. I would say, and I've got to bring down some of these other scores I've given throughout <laughs> the season. Looking back at them now, but I would say. It is maybe like a 49. Wow. That's, uh, I would say that that's less oh, than no. good. Uh, that's, no, that's too low. Well, there's too many good tunes on here. I'm going to say 50, 56. So Nine Inch Nails was better? Oh, fuck. I don't know. This is so <laughs> ridiculous. It was hard enough comparing Cold Chisel to Cold Chisel. <laughs> no. How do you compare Bon Jovi to Nine Inch Nails? And the Smiths and Joan Jett. I just, and... I'm finding this difficult. Yep. I mean, I've enjoyed them all on some level. Yeah. This one was the one that I've enjoyed the least. Really? This but is... there's a few songs on it I think are really fun and I'm all happy to hear, but there's a lot of it. That it was a hard listen. Yeah. Maybe I needed to give it more time. Is this you talking to me or me talking to you? Well, you, this, are, feel, you... this feels like the reverse of the usual conversation. You said to me a while ago that I'm too positive, and now you're <laughs> thinking. Now you're saying I'm too negative. I just can't keep up with you, Sam. <laughs> me neither. I don't even know what's happening anymore. But just to continue with our um, role reversal, I'm giving it a 73. Holy shit! Yeah, I love this album. Uh, I probably would have given it a little bit lower, but I definitely rate it higher than Surfer Rosa, so it got one more point. Gotcha. Yeah, right. Well, that's that's the equal high score we've given this season. No, mine was 78 oh, for In Excess. In Excess. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, your childhood loves. I can't help have, it. Have done oh, well. Yeah, Michael Hutchins, honestly, gorgeous. But in saying that, probably um, David Lee Roth probably could have gone higher, but the album was a bit filler for me, but we're not talking about Van Halen today. Today we are wrapping up. No, this did kind of feel like uh, just like Van Halen light a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's I think I think that's how they've been described a lot. Is just right. like the like the you know minimal calorie version. Right. But yeah, they're fun and they go like that rock light. Like uh, I don't think Van Halen ever did that twangy 
Old West stuff. Oh, we probably should we should play um what's it Blaze of Glory? Oh yeah, I love Blaze of Glory. Tune. If, uh, I remember the film could very vaguely, but he's standing playing in, his acoustic guitar on a cliff the, edge. He's in the desert. Oh, I can hear that wind blowing. Oh, is that like a rattlesnake? That's that real twangy shit, hey? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Tight the leather pants. pants and the vest. The times. He's way hotter than David Lee Roth. Absolutely. David Lee Roth has not aged well either, but John Bon Jovi, he's still got it. He's got the real salt and pepper going. walking moodily through the desert. I've never seen any of these Young Gun films. I imagine they're Neither. no good, but I also want to watch them all of a sudden. As I raise my weary head, I got a for a pillow, and the earth was less nights bed. I where I'm going, only God knows where I've been. I'm a dead man to run, a six-gun lover. A candle in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> this song's sick. Oh, and it's like it no, looks like an old um an old drive-in at the top uh, of the cliff. Right. I wonder if that was already there or if they're like, you know, it would make a great. Because they setting. play clips on it, don't they, from the film? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, they do. This is in the early nineties. Budget, the music budgets were ridiculous. They built that just well, for this, no doubt. His clothing budget is tiny because he's wearing <laughs> pants and like the. Th- Flimsiest vest ever that's like flapping in the wind. Costs a lot to look that naked. Can me if you can. in a blaze of glory. Take me now. You got uh, got any letters in the letters bag to Alan this week? We do. Sorry, Bon Jovi. We love you. Hey, you didn't have to kill him. I can put him back. <laughs> Come back, John Bon Jovi. No, all right. Let, let, <laughs> let him let him down to rest. He's gone. Lay him down on a bed of roses. Oh, that wasn't on this album. That's no, it wasn't song. on this album. We're going to go into it. We'll talk about it another time. Uh, so the first one is from Sean Gallagher from Chicago, the Windy City. Ah, uh, um, Chicago. Chicago? Uh, Chicago. Uh, so glad you guys are, are back. I'd like to give the story of my one and only concert. Whoa. That's cool. The one friend, uh, my one friend was a huge concert person and was very annoyed I had never been to one, so she told me I was required to go to one with her. The extra ticket she had was to Carly Rae Jepsen, pre-Loser Show. That's not where I expected this to go. <laughs> I've never listened to anything uh, by her besides the obvious song, so I did the good old deep dive. Her music slaps. She is now one of my favorite artists. Yeah, right. I've heard I've heard that about Carly Rae Jepsen. She's got some stuff. Really? Yeah. I haven't heard of her since uh, Call Me Maybe. Uh, Emotion Side B is a top-tier album. Now, the actual concert was a rip-roaring time, even though I got food poisoning the day before and didn't get to participate in the crazy dance party and adult beverages like I would have loved to. Cheers, mates. Cheers, mate. Tanya. From the Windy City. Who was it from the Windy City? Sean Gallagher. Cheers, Sean Gallagher. Um, and then our, uh, actually, our last letter of the year, I believe this is going to be. This is Yeah, I think uh, we're, we're possibly taking a, maybe a couple of weeks off yeah, for the Christmas break. Enjoy a little Xmas period. So I think we'll come back in the new year refreshed. 
Yeah, with ready to go. The top eight albums. Yeah, everyone loves a top eight. Um, but our last email for 2020, uh, and also see you 2020. Not nice knowing you, <laughs> you dickhead. Uh, we've got James from West Yorkshire, England. Hi Sam and Matt, what's your favourite Christmas song? Christmas, ah. I can't say that. Uh, mine are Tom Waits' Christmas Card from a Hooker in Minneapolis and oh, Kelly Clarkson's so. Underneath the Tree, oh, which is an underrated one. modern Christmas Christmas banger. Thanks for the great podcast and Sam keeps singing. Well, you <laughs> copped that this episode, so thank you in <laughs> post script. I would say I love that Tom Waits song. I was listening to it today, actually. I don't know if I know it. Shall I? Yeah, if you got it there. Or YouTube it. Um, and... Or do you want to chuck us the ox back? Because I've got a little hey, bit of You're alive again? Yeah. I'm Come on, computer. Smooth transition happening. Smooth transitioning. All right. So what was the first one was Tom Waits. Uh, Christmas card from a hooker in Minneapolis. Uh, popped out. <laughs> the ox popped out. Here we go. <laughs> it's so good. Kelly Clarkson underneath the tree. Jesus, that is not the voice I thought I was about to hear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> above a dirty bookstore of Euclid Avenue. Stop taking dope. I quit drinking whiskey. My old man plays a trombone. Works out at the track. He says that he loves me, but though it's not his baby. Oh, I, lo- I love this tune. His voice he is beautiful. Uh, then this like... is Kelly Clarkson underneath the tree. What a what an amazing double shot That's he's great. offered us here. This is fun. Yeah, this has got a this has got a classic, modern classic sort of Mariah Carey world. Yes, of. yes. And like, because we've mentioned her, I love that Mariah Carey song. I don't necessarily love her, but Jesus, that's a good song. The big one. Yeah. That would that be your one? Uh, I yeah. I also I always loved Blink 182's "I Won't Be Home for Christmas." Oh yeah. Um, and Paul Kelly. Um, How to make gravy. How to make gravy is a classic. Oh as well. yeah, I'll play some of that. That's great. That'd be up there for me too. Should we make a little mini Christmas playlist of like non-Christmas Christmas songs? Yeah. Let's do that. I I love this song. Like, it's a beautiful song. I thought you were gonna say Christmas time. Don't let the bells end. No. You don't like I don't, it? I don't know it. Oh, <laughs> I'll play it next. You'll love it. Hello, Dan. Is Joe here? 
Here in this at Meredith, I've, oh, and it's before Chisel, start of the year. Oh yeah, God, I can't believe that was this. like nearly 12 months ago. Amazing. Jesus. If I get good behavior, I'll be out of here by July. Actually, this will be out on the 21st of December. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. How funny is that? Which is called Gravy Day in Australia because of this song. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. Look up all these songs if you're interested. Obviously, this one's uh, Christmas time. Don't let the bells end by the darkness. Oh yes, I fucking love the darkness. It's a great film clip as well. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I love Justin Hawkins. He is just a weird motherfucker. It's a. It's a banging Christmas tune as well. It was around when they broke. I think it was after the first album, before the second movie. Oh, okay. Wow, so it's early. Yeah. Shit, I wonder why I didn't... I was obsessed with the first two albums, so... Right. I am disappointed in myself for not knowing this. Don't let the bells end as well. It's such a bad label. <laughs> Play on words. So good. Actually, The Darkness was the concert that I saw right before um, the old Roan hit and we went oh, into lockdown. Right. It was like two weeks prior or something. I just want to play lots of Christmas songs now. Me too! This, You know the Dropkick Murphys one's pretty great? The season's Upon Us. I reckon I'll know it when I hear it. They got some good shit too. One of, the, one of my favourite Dropkick Murphys songs I only found because the, the AFL used it for the intro that year. Yeah, yeah. Shipping up to Shipping Boston. Shipping up to Boston, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for Christmas. I love Christmas. Fuck off, Christmas. So good. I hope everyone listening, I hope you guys all have a great, great holidays, great Christmas, great New Year's. Get some nog. I think of the, the more classic ones, like the ones from before the last 10 or so years. Mm. I think my, or, you know, the, my favourite one that you might hear at a supermarket, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would be uh, this one by the Ronette Sleigh Ride. The classic. This is definitely a supermarket yeah. song. <laughs> Voices. They got the best voices. Fuck, I'm excited for Christmas. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a classic. Uh, yeah, I reckon it's my, my favorite sort of classic. Anyway. It's probably about time to start thawing out Michael Bublé, isn't it? <laughs> about that time of year. I don't know if it's ever that time of year. <laughs> we should have done a full Christmas special. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Uh, anyway, Merry Christmas to everyone. Thanks so much for listening uh, to our first season and a half. Yeah, thanks for sticking out this year with us, guys. Apologies that it was a bit of a cooked one, but uh, 2020, the year that was. 
Yeah, but 2021—that's the year that's going to be the best. Well, it's hopefully going to be better. <laughs> yeah, it's feeling feeling more promising. Yeah, you know, it'll be, be good. Better. But thanks so much, everyone, for your support, listening along. Really appreciate it so much. Uh, doing a podcast without listeners would be almost pointless. I mean, I I have fun <laughs> enough doing it anyway. Yeah. But it is even better with you listening along. So thank you so much for that. Um, I hope you all have an amazing Christmas and New Year's. Period. Nice. Yeah. Uh, happy New Year's and uh, happy Christmas and happy holidays and everything else. Well, if uh, that's all we've got to say, I suppose, apart from goodbye, Astrid. Merry Christmas and goodbye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hey, mates, Matt here. At the end of the episode, just to give you a little hint as to what the next episode's going to be about, this is the first little bit of lyrics from the first track of the album. And, uh, yeah, like I say, or like we said, we're having a little break over Christmas, but... Uh, in the new year in 2021 we're kicking off with this huge album with this huge track it starts born down in a dead man's town the first kick i took was when i hit the ground you end up like a dog that's been beat too much till you spend half your life just covering up catch you next year